Woo! And we are back with another installment of the number one rated business show right here on the Real 1100 AM. I'm your host, Kevin C. Pride. And I'm way too crunk for this to be a business show, but that's all right. <laughs> Ain't that right, Greg? <laughs> anyway, in studio with me today, I got some great guests. I got Miss Hilda Abbott. She is a real estate genius, and she's going to be telling us all about real estate, commercial, and residential. And I also got my good friend from Educators Now, Mr. Kedar Whittle, sitting What's in up? with us. Yes. Hello, all. Thank y'all so much for joining us today. And joining me pretty soon, I got Dr. Priscilla Hubbard that should be joining me on the line in a few minutes. Just to get a few announcements out the way, if you are out in the Smyrna area, please go by and see my good friends at Titans Fitness there at 1834 South Cobb Industrial Drive. Uh, and that's right off the normal South Cobb Drive, exit 15 off 285. They are a world-class gym, and they got world-class athletes. But they are not just for the world-class athletes. They are also for everyday folks just like me and you. Also, businesses are facing a lot of issues right now. COVID is still lingering, and a lot of them still can't open to full capacity. If you need help in your business, please contact me at 770-870-8806, or you can go to kevincpride.com forward slash free and schedule a free 15-minute consultation with me. I assure you 15 minutes can change your business. All right. I'm just I'm up here today. I'm telling you. Hey, bro, you started. Hey, bro, you started out at a twelve. I know. Bro. I know. The announcements brought you down to an eight. <laughs> That's a tough transition in Man. thirty-eight seconds, bro. Bro. So there is a hashtag going around. I don't know if y'all seen this in social media. The hashtag cancel Netflix, and it's over this new show called Cuties. Have y'all oh, seen this yeah, mess? Yeah, yeah, I have not. I have you seen heard, it, but have I heard, you heard about, about it. I heard about it. With the 11-year-old girls, they twerking. Right. They showing 11-year-old girls in their panties. Right. They got some that's taking some some pictures of themselves, getting on onto some pornography and this type of stuff. Can I say that? Can I say that? Pornography. Yeah, you ain't losing I no guess sponsors. too late now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, it's ridiculous. And I got young kids. So especially I got two young girls at home. And I think it's, it is a, uh, it's, it's just a travesty for them to even put this type of content out. Netflix actually had something to say about this. So they responded on Twitter and they said, it's important to remember that our content is mostly pedophilia free. And that is from the Netflix account hey, on Twitter. Mostly. <laughs> mostly. Mostly. <laughs> hey, but Netflix give you an option, right? With uh, parental controls, yes. I, I, I guess we all got an option not to watch it. <laughs> But other than that, I, I I don't know. A lot of folks are talking about canceling Netflix. Uh, looking at their stock, they've lost almost nine billion dollars behind this. Wow. Mm. Yes. So yeah, this is cut that out. this is a very big deal. I don't know what type of contract they got with the, the creators of this show, and I don't know really what this is. Maybe they're trying to explore what's really going on, and us as parents just don't want to accept it right. because a lot of eleven year olds now do have phones. They are seeing stuff that they yeah. probably shouldn't be seeing. Mm -hmm. But maybe they're I guess trying we to teach us something. <laughs> Wow. Also, shout out to Victor Hill. Uh, I don't know if y'all heard the story about mm. Roderick Hill, but uh, he was punched in the face by a deputy for no reason whatsoever uh, and completely just mistreated by this man. And Sheriff Victor Hill in one day has already fired this deputy from his police force uh, down in Clayton County. You can go to atlbusinessjournal.com uh, to check out the full story. The headline reads, Georgia Sheriff. Uh, Victor Hill shows a miracle what justice looks like, but I definitely think he is stepping up to really be an example of what uh, law enforcement should be like. That's the man that got punt pulled out of the lift. Uh huh. 
Oh, good. Man, that's what's up. Victor Hill don't play, but I'm trying to tell you. He got Clayco cleaned all the way up. <laughs> and that incident actually happened down the boulevard where we have several buildings, down Phoenix Boulevard yep. and College Park. That's where I get my hair cut. I grew up over there. I know exactly. Yes. When I saw it, I was like, oh, I was just over there. Wow. <laughs> and when I saw it, I texted Asa and I said, Please remove it from the social media site. It was just going all over. People just sending us um, a messages. Hey, this is right across from yep. your building out there in College Park. It was it was pretty bad. Yeah, it's pretty bad. Wow. Good job, well, Victor Hill. Well, joining me via phone, it is Dr. Priscilla Hubbard from YCS Consultant. How are you doing today, Dr. Priscilla Hubbard? I am doing great. How are you doing? I am so turned up. It's ridiculous. <laughs> I shouldn't have drank a Red Bull before I got on air. <laughs> Thank you so much, Kevin, for having me this afternoon. I greatly appreciate it. Thank you for joining us. Tell us about uh, everything about you and what you are doing and how you are out here helping these businesses with all this amazing human resources uh, experience <laughs> that you you give it out to folks. <laughs> okay. Well, at YCS Consultant, it stands for Youth Can Succeed, and our mission is Evolving Businesses Toward Excellence and Sustainability. Wow. And some of our services that we provide, we offer strategic staffing because it's very, very key. You want to hire the right person at the right place at the right time. And then once you get them in, we also provide a service called human capital management. You want to make sure you manage your staff once you get them in, providing them with the necessary resources so they can do be the best they can for you for your business. And people don't understand that. Your human capital is your greatest asset for any business. You definitely oh, want yeah. to make sure mm -hmm. you take care of your human capital, your staff, because they will definitely take care of you. And then we also do executive leadership training, because that's very important, too, because just because you're a manager or you're a leader doesn't necessarily mean that you are effective in being that manager or the leader. So we provide those executive excuse me, training to help them to be the best that they can be as executives in the workplace. And then through that, we also provide professional development training, helping those who on their staff, the excuse, providing them with services, they can help them to be the best that they can be, whether it's in effective um, managing their businesses themselves or managing their homes, project management to be the best, providing best customer service to their business because understanding the person who sits out front in your business is the person that represents who you are. Wow. So it's very key in HR because HR has changed since back in the day. It was just payroll. It's a holistic of areas in human resource management that companies now look to HR for a lot of things. And so that's I that's one thing I was going to yeah. ask you about because that's that's what I remember back from my from my corporate days. HR was pretty much payroll and sign yep. up for insurance. <laughs> so explain to us some of the, some of the changes because I know a lot of people are are stopping with the HR and going with this new title of chief people officer. <laughs> that, right now, that you don't want to put it in that way because when you say officer, that means you kind of overseeing and you trying to say dictate some of the things. And you okay. today's environment, you want to make sure you take care of them and they feel like they are a part of who you are in your business. And you want them to feel appreciated. Because, again, I say, if you take care of your staff, your staff will take care of you. And that comes into ensuring that you assess your staff periodically. Make sure you, when they get rid of possibly they leave your establishment for whatever reason, you want to have an effective exit interview. 
which a lot of companies don't take the time to do that because through an exit interview, we can assess why this person is leaving. It could be some issues in the office or the company that needs to be addressed where HR may not have had time to do so. We can come in and consult that and help them understand, well, John may be leaving not only because he's got a better paying job, but, you know, Tom might not have been the most effective manager in the position. It could be a hostile work environment. It could be toxic. And those are things you can find out in an exit interview, and we can help HR uh, companies to understand exactly this is where you need to do. We do a full assessment, helping them understand, and give them recommendations of how they can move their companies forward. Wow. Now, that exit interview, I, I, I you know, it's it's funny. It's, it's I've been in business myself for about 10 years, <laughs> and until you <laughs> said that, it just triggered something to me. I have never done that with my employees, and most of them have never left me. I kind of left them. But <laughs> <laughs> I just did. I just did one. Really? Yep. That's uh, Kedar Willow speaking with you, uh, Miss Priscilla Hubbard, Doctor, Doctor <laughs> Hubbard. Okay, respect. <laughs> but but what was that exit interview like? It was great. Go ahead. I mean, it was it was great. I definitely learned some. Um, I'm not one of those. I, I I look at what everyone says. Okay. And deposit it. Okay. And I spit out what is needed and keep what <laughs> you know. <laughs> I hate the rest. <laughs> so I I actually took some things from it. Okay. And, wow. You know, today I had to talk with my team to let them know, like, hey, this is where we are as a company. This, these are my expectations. We on for the ride. Wow. <laughs> is that is that something typical that you see with the uh, in the HR world, Doctor Hubbard? Uh, there, I think a lot of companies now are recognizing it's very important because just how you can rate someone for a customer service, you can now rate a business to see whether or not this is the best cultural environment for the individual to come to work. A lot of people now go and do the research on those companies and see how those companies rate to see whether or not if this is an environment they want to pursue to even come in to even apply for a job. So companies need to definitely be careful now because it's very critical and you look for someone to give you a three or four, maybe a five, even more so, to say this is the best work environment or even see whether or not they've got rated the best work best place to work too as well where they do where they do that where they rate them where where are you talking about (laughs) (laughs) this yelp it's a yelp for business she's trying to she's trying to show y'all what y'all need to do for y'all business now i know there is one called Glassdoor. certain companies like on linkedin they can you can go in and some of the companies have actually actually been rated and seeing whether or not this is the best work environment for you let me check out my rating (laughs) (laughs) so it's 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 no longer just about do okay. I want to give you the job? Do, do you even want to take it? Do you want to take it? Wow. Jeez, yeah. the, the pressure of you, you privileged people. <laughs> <laughs> you want, the main thing is do your research. Take care of those who work for you okay. and making sure they're wanted, appreciated. Again, I say I cannot stress it even more. You take care of your staff. Your staff mm-hmm. will take care of you. And just like what Kenan just said, an exit interview, it's not only just going to help that employee, it's going to help the employer mm-hmm. to see some things that he or she needs to do to make their work environment more harmonious. And sometimes it may even get to the point you might have to do a squat analysis. Now, now explain Create. this. Explain this one to me. What are some things that businesses can do? Let's say you're a small business. Like, for uh-huh. instance, we, we, we do pretty well with my business, but I can't afford to pay uh, full health benefits. What mm-hmm. is some things that I could do to still show that appreciation to my employees? Now, I, play, I, I pay them well, 
But mm-hmm. what are some things that I can still do to show them that appreciation and say, hey, in lieu of benefits, let me do this for you? What are some things that you recommend for that? I would recommend just possibly providing some resources that they themselves, maybe individual, uh, people that you might network with, you have relationships with, maybe can offer them insurance maybe at a reduced substantial type of rate wow. for them to be able to still provide their health services they may need for their families. You might not be able to provide those benefits, but you can provide the resources to your staff to let them know you are really caring about them and their well-being and you really want them to be the best they can be as well as it comes about working for you. You can provide them resources. Dr. um, Hubbard, Hilda Abbott from We Partner, and um, the topic of um, HR within our company, we're six years young and Mm -hmm. has been a challenge with um, the staff per se. And I've Mm -hmm. seen all different type of the spectrum when you have less than 10 staff um, and you hire a full-time person, then it's a, then it's an, it becomes an expense having an HR manager. But then as you start growing your staff and you hire an HR person that has not been within the group. And I'm saying this, this is um, um, our company personally, what we have gone through is that we have um, a lot of staff that started with us from the beginning. And when we bring in that person that is the one that is um, going through the handbook, making sure that everything is crossed, that um, the company is covered, that HR person has become, instead of being the people manager, has become mm-hmm. like the scary person. Um, so so that that is right. a struggle. How have you seen that other small businesses um, struggle um, or have been able to overcome that? Well, my whole thing is this. And people have said that about HR. Ooh, don't go to HR. They, they don't keep things confidential. Again, I say it comes to a trust factor because, you know, trust is earned. It's never given. So in this case, well, your staff will need to, and your HR person, to need to ensure that they can trust he or she when they come to them with certain issues of concern. And then, again, it goes back again. You want to hire the right person at the right place in the right time, that's going to be able to fit within your work culture. Because every time you might want, you just don't want to hire somebody just to fill a spot. You want to hire somebody that's going to be there and understand your mission, your vision, and have that same passion and drive as you do, especially as a small business. Because some people have a different agenda when they come into work. Some people want, I just want to collect a paycheck. And again, it goes back to providing the resources to your staff to let them know that you care for them that can kind of compensate for some of the things you cannot provide at this particular time. And then when it comes to a point that you're able to compensate them for those who have been there with you, dedicated, dependable, and reliable for you, then you can go back and compensate them for that. But that's where I would just say just even though the HR man just have that conversation with that person in the beginning, what your expectations are and periodically check on them to make sure they're doing what needs to be done. And when certain complaints come about, take them in a situation of a mediation and try to see if you can somehow come about and control that or somehow put it into a place where it can be a harmonious work environment. Because the main thing, you want a harmonious work environment. Mm -hmm. And as a small business owner, even for myself, I always want to make sure what my people are saying, what they're not saying, what can I do to make them better? What can I do to make them a success? Because if I know that they're a success, they're going to make me a success. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know if HR showed up with uh, margaritas and chips and salsa, that also 
It also calmed the office down, too. Now, now one question I do have, uh, because we do work with a lot of small businesses, a lot of startups and things like that. One question I do have, how important is that employee manual? Because I kind of built mine as I went along. As I had problems, I started, okay, let me write this one down Mm -hmm. and make a rule. And changes. (laughs) How important is that to, to have that figured out before you go? I think it's very important because then you already have laid out your expectations of what you will and what you will not do within the workplace. Because if you don't have a guide in front of you, then your employees would pretty much do as deemed necessary for them. But if you put your expectations out in the beginning of what it is that you expect within the workplace, in the work environment, and even sometimes to now because of social media, even when you leave, they leave the work environment. You Again, I say you represent representing that company, and you want to help them understand the importance of what you post on social media and what you should not post on social media. Because, again, as I say, you are the face of that organization or that company. So you should put forth, have something of a blueprint in front of you so your employees know exactly what your expectations are. So there will be no question about if something does arise. You can say, well, we did go over this upon your hire. You did acknowledge that you did receive this correspondence, and you were, were going to abide to it. And it kind of protects you, too. And you can always update it as deemed necessary. But when you do update, make sure you inform your employees of any updates that comes about with that as well. And I like that, getting in writing, because you would not believe the stuff I've had people tell me in interviews. <laughs> but when they actually started working, oh, my God. <laughs> Put it in writing. Right. Can't go wrong. And make sure they sign on, acknowledge they received it. And that covers you. And it covers the employee as well. Well, thank you so much. If somebody wants to uh, contact you about YCS Consulting or if they want to uh, get some more advice or some consultation with you, how can somebody reach you? Well, you can contact me at ycsconsultinc at gmail.com or you can call my office at 678 678- Four six zero seven nine seven one, and I'll be more than happy to speak with you. All right, give them that email address one more time. YCS Consulting Inc at Gmail dot com. Thank you so much, Doctor Priscilla Hubbard, for taking time out your day to come talk to us about HR. It's a pleasure, and I look forward to having further conversations. And if you want to get one, getting back in contact with me, please do. I look forward to talking right. with you. Not a problem. Thank you so much. Uh, Thank you. I got I to gotta run to a break real quick to take care of a few issues, but we'll be right back after this. Kids follow your lead. Help them stay healthy. Wash your hands. Don't touch your eyes, nose, or mouth. And cover coughs and sneezes. Clean and disinfect the objects you touch often, like your phone, the remote, and doorknobs. Avoid close contact with people who are sick. And if you're the one who's sick, stay home. This station is part of the Beasley Best Community of Caring, and we care about your family. For more info, visit cdc.gov COVID-19. Hey folks, Handsome Josh is here to reveal some big news to all the AM 1100 listeners. I have an app. That's right, you can now check out all your favorite programs right here on The Real with The Real 1100 app. Whether it's sports, entertainment, or lifestyle, The Real 1100 definitely has you covered. So why don't you just tell me how much it's going to cost me? And here's the best part. It's available in your Google Play or Apple App Store, and it's free to download. Actually... 
You can count me in on this one. So download the Real 1100 app today and stay in tune with The Real. Get out your way. All right. I think we live. I think we back. Right here with the number one rated business show, right here on the Real 1100 AM and iHeartRadio. I hope you're tuned in. I hope you're listening because I got some great real estate advice about to come this way. How you doing, Miss Hilda Abbott, one more time? I'm doing great. I'm actually nervous, and I talk for a living. Uh, really? Yeah. You ain't nervous. You ain't nervous. A little bit. Tell us what you do. Multiple jobs. Multiple. <laughs> yeah, man. Yes. Um... We have a company we founded six years ago. It's called um, We Partner Group. Okay. And that company services everything that we own, lease, and manage. Wow. Okay. Um, on the commercial sector, we have 18 um, buildings throughout the metro Atlanta area. Wow. Um, and we also have 145 single-family homes. Now, now these, are, these are homes that you guys own or manage? or We own and rent. Out. Okay. Mm-hmm. So they're all rentals. Now we're getting more into development. Okay. And we have a new development of 25 um, townhomes off of Hollywood Road and Main Street okay, here wow. in Atlanta. Um, we are promoting that now. Um, and those are also for sale. And we also have some investors um, that bought 10 of the townhomes. So we're running very great specials on those. Um, and they start off by the 298s. Wow. Mm-hmm. That's now, now, you're talking mm-hmm. about the, the, the big money, okay? We're talking about real estate. So, first, how did you get started in this? Was it one house, went to the next house, went to the next house? How did you get started in real estate? Well, from We Partner Group, I've been in real estate for almost 18 years now. Okay. Um, I am from the Dominican Republic. Okay. DR. And, yes, DR. <laughs> and my, um, I grew up in Miami, and I worked with investors in Miami prior to me moving to um, Georgia 10 years ago. Okay. So when I moved here from Georgia, um, from Miami to Georgia, we started what is um, a partnership with who are now my two partners. Okay. So when I moved here I was actually their tenant and and from there we built up a relationship I didn't know what I was going to do I come from um, working with um, investors in Miami didn't know how the market was here we moved here because my husband is a mechanical engineer and he got uh, a bid on a subdivision out in Bethlehem wow so from there we built the first thing we built was the friendship (laughs) <laughs> the two, the my two partners actually owned at that moment um, 25 homes. Okay. And we started within managing and leasing up those 25. From there, we went into our first commercial building, and that's when we partner actually started. Mm. Wow. Gotcha. Now, now, how does that world actually differ? Because you're coming from more of the investment side than an actual agent side, mm-hmm. correct? So how does that world differ between investing in residential and investing in commercial? Two different ballgames. In the commercial side, it was very difficult for us. Um, The landscape of the commercial industry is usually Caucasian male. A generation business is what they call it. Um, And us three coming into this... 
people thought we weren't going to make it. And I think that we were able to do as well as we have because we were naive. We wow. came from the real estate side um, thinking that, oh, if we turn key a house, um, the, selling a building is nothing. Right. And it was total different change. So we had to hire a lot of consultants to bring us up to speed. And at the present time, we actually have two, the $220 million in assets. Wow. That we manage, that. yes. We own, that. lease, and manage our own properties. Wow. That's awesome. Now, if, Just if trying to get I want to. <laughs> <laughs> If, well, if I want to. That money is not all in my nah, pocket. No, 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 no. Now, you call we partner. Now, if I want to get started, is it is your group like a, a group that we can come to and, hey, I want to invest in real estate and y'all have an investment fund set up like a lot of people are starting to do? Or how does it work? We do. We actually, um, um, with our three partnerships, um, um, the CEO of the company, she deals with the um, finance sector okay. and the accounting. She's um, a CPA by trade. I, when I came in, is on the operations and property management side. And our other partner is our chief investment officer. So we have the different branches that make the circle. Wow. So on the property management side, uh, what is that business like? The property management side is what we call our bread and butter. Because we buy Mm. a property and we maintain the property and that keeps the longevity of having our staff paid, of keeping the lights on, keeping our office, because the acquisition part is just uh, between 30 to 90 days. Okay. So when you buy a property, you either have to give it up to another property management company, but the hold could be between three, five, seven years, depending on your business plan. Mm. Okay. So the property management and leasing is what sustains the company. Then we decide dispose of the asset and keep buying on um, properties. Wow. So that is the number one focus and not because I'm the chief operating officer, <laughs> but property management and leasing is the best. Right. Now in this whole COVID, this whole COVID climate that we're still in, uh, elections and stuff coming up, it's funny the housing market is still hot. And it and it's it, and it's very much looks so. like it's still going up. Yes. And honestly I think a lot of folks think thought because of COVID and all the people out of work and, you know, people not having the type of income they're used to, that that market was going to fall off. Are we seeing a bubble? No. What what I've seen with, um, with the COVID situation was that the housing market was very hot in January and February. Okay. When COVID hit, it came mid-March. The world was going to end. A lot of people did stay employed. Okay. So those people are the ones that are not buying back because the the lenders between the end of March till the end of May were actually verifying a lot of the financials. So even if you were pre-qualified pre-COVID, you had to do again another qualification mm-hmm. to see if you were still qualified to buy the house. Okay. Now, being that a lot of people stayed at their job or if they did, it was just on a part-time basis and then they're back full-blown, now you have all these buyers and the sellers don't want to sell because what they had programmed, they have tenants and now the tenants can't be either evicted or not moving out because they can't find other rental homes. Wow. So the little bit of inventory that there is available, I mean, we have houses that we put coming soon, and we have three or four offers right. within hours. Wow. Sight unseen. Yes. What, Sight that, unseen. what other what other places are you are you guys in? 
Um, we have a subdivision in McDonald that's 44 homes. Um, those are all rentals. We are also now in a new construction of 49 homes in Hampton. Okay. And we have the townhomes here um, in Atlanta. And we also have um, in the Gwinnett, the Cab gotcha. uh, um, area. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Wow. Now, what about the commercial market? Has that still maintained a, a, a good steady pace or has that kind of slowed down? Well, the, what we've seen on our portfolio is that our retail centers are the ones that have struggled the most. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, the retail centers, the storefronts. Um, people can't go in more than 10. And you have, let's say we have different from restaurants and stores that now they have to wait for two people to come, go in, two people go out. Okay. When they were used to having 10 or 20 you know, people in and out during rush hour for lunch and, and dinner or breakfast, and there was other ones that have been struggling. But within our company, I was actually on the call with Governor Kemp the Thursday, March the 12th. Okay. And from there, we had like 39 cases of COVID. And on the 13th, the Friday after, I actually went under quarantine and we formed a coronavirus committee within our company. And we did weekly newsletters for our tenants. We um, um, within our website, we created immense resources on how to file for PPP unemployment. Um, Our property manager from the residential side, we have a lot of the information from the tenants, their social security, um, where they live, driver's license, and some of them didn't even know how to apply for unemployment. And she actually did it with their permission. So we did not see so much of a decline as other businesses that I know other business owners because we were very proactive. And we have an awesome team. Everyone was on the forefront helping us as a company. Right. Well, tell me this. How is the WeWork model in the in the spaces model affecting commercial real estate? Is that boosting commercial real estate or is that starting to kind of hurt y'all? And do you think that that model is going to continue in a post-COVID world? Well, we have a similar model. Um, we're not affiliated with WeWork. We get asked that a lot. Um, but we have a similar model. It's called We Partner Executive Suites. Okay. But in our model, we have vacancies that are not full-blown um, 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 floors like WeWorks does, mm. but and we've been actually successful at it. Wow. Okay. We have actually done, and it has actually helped our, our buildings get full because we start off with a tenant that has a small little office. They pay three, four hundred, five hundred bucks, depending on the area. And then from there, as they grow, we actually provide them with additional space. So okay. now we're creating a, a, a long-term tenant. So that's where we've seen that the model that we have works, but we also own the property. Mm-hmm. So it may not be something as a business concept as WeWorks did it because they didn't own any of their properties. They actually rent from others. Um, yes. Wow. Oh, I didn't know and that. It, and it's a big thing that then everyone wants WeWork because it's such a, a big name. It's a brand, yeah. Yes, uh-huh, and mm-hmm. the brand. So that is one of the parts that is different. Um, we have not gone full-blown um, operation as them, but we do have it on several of our buildings, and those are actually the ones that have been more successful right. in converting them into longer-term tenants. 
Nice. Wow. And, and, and you know, it's crazy. I see we work opening up even more facilities because our office is there, but it's dead in there. No one is coming. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, nobody's coming to work. It's just a bunch of empty offices. It's almost scary. Like, some days I'm there by myself and the lights be cut. No. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Now, now, what do you think? You know, we work also, or I ain't going to say we work, but there is another model that is similar to, like, the we work in the, in the co-working space and the co-living spaces. What do you think about that? Is that something that you think we would see in the U.S.? Um, I don't I don't anticipate it being something, especially during this pandemic, that is going to be something of a new business venture if people are thinking about that. Because I did I did talk to a couple of um, investors that were thinking about buying homes to do co-living okay. and separate them by levels and then have people sharing different items of the house and oh, creating wow. more income generating. Yeah. I mean, type of type of situation. I personally they, they, don't they call like it. Hostels, right? Yeah, they call them hostels. <laughs> like they call them co-living. Um, gotcha. There's there's other um, models that are very similar to Airbnb, but are just by the hour. They right. have that as well. That wow. hasn't been um, very much liked by the cities. As I don't know if you guys know, but a lot of the a lot of the Airbnb ordinance have gotten smaller and smaller. Right. Really? Um, because they don't want the um, some of the owners don't want having renters every day different people in their neighborhood, yeah. especially when they're in subdivisions. Yeah. Okay. Um, so with that, I don't think that it's a, a business model, in my opinion, that I've seen that it's going to be in the masses like the WeWork or the co-working space at our large 20, 50,000 square feet right, right. in which it's going to be a sustainable business just because of now of COVID. Now that it's a very good model, it is. <laughs> because of cooties. Yes. Now, what do you see the biggest opportunities in real estate right now? Is it still residential or is it commercial? What do you see the biggest opportunity? Now it is a seller's market on the residential side. Okay. So a lot of people that were thinking about selling are actually holding down because if I want to sell my house for 100000 and I see that my neighbor sold it for one i I'm going to wait what the next one is. And if you guys drive around and notice, you'll see a lot of more for sale signs because then the comps are the ones that drive what you're going to want. Okay. So we have sellers that are holding to their property to see how much more they could get above what they actually feel comfortable in getting. Um, so it is a seller's market at the time. Mm, Buyers wow. are getting outbid left and right. No, Shoot, no. We put in two bids during COVID and lost both of them. Yeah. Now where's the hot areas? Because I'm looking at <laughs> I'm looking at throwing West some end. money into it. Mm-hmm. Where's the, the, the hottest areas? Mm-hmm. The West End. The West yeah. End getting high though. <laughs> they they jacking the prices up over Everywhere there in the West getting End. High. Yeah. Everywhere is getting high. Now what you about have... outside of the, the city area? Because I know a lot of folks is, is running from the cities now. Mm-hmm. Like everywhere, all the major mm-hmm. cities, people are running away from it. Well, I live in Gwinnett, and okay. what I've seen is that now the areas that are going up 316 more on the Buford, Hamilton Mill, wow. um, off of 85, um, um, Bethlehem, all the way out to Loganville mm-hmm. are areas that there's a lot of new construction that's that's going on, and these houses are selling even pre-sale. Yeah, wow. I know somebody that's out in Lawrenceville doing well with real estate. Mm-hmm. I was like, Lawrenceville? Yes. Yeah. Folks like, yeah. trying to get out of these cities, man. Mm-hmm. Like, seriously. I, oof. Mm-hmm. I can't do it. Bro. Now, tell me this. <laughs> this. This is a personal question. This ain't got nothing to do with real estate. What is going on up there? Because this is always traffic going up 85 North. <laughs> like, nonstop. Both sides. Always <laughs> a traffic jam. Construction. It's almost all of Atlanta live up there. Trying to get 12 lanes on that highway. Mm-hmm. Construction. It looks like you need 
55. Yeah, it's, it's construction. Ridiculous. A lot of people with COVID and now the hurricanes, I've seen an influx of applications that I've gotten for different businesses and, and resi- on the residential side as well coming from Texas. Mm. We've gotten several applications from people coming from either Louisiana or Texas because of the hurricane. You also have a lot of influx from the north because of COVID. I have a friend of mine. She does very well. She's also Dominican. She has a lot of friends. She came from New York. Um, yeah, so she, she has her connects from New York, and she's doing very well. Just yeah. because wow, nice. of the COVID, I mean, she's yeah. probably sold 20 homes to her wow. friends. Yeah, wow. yeah, absolutely. So at the end of the day, why do I want to come to We Partner? Because we're awesome. Um, <laughs> um, we, we Partner represents um, minority diversity okay. within our company. We're not your regular real estate company that... Um, or your commercial side, which is our biggest portfolio. Um, we're very loving, and hopefully Asa agrees with me on that. <laughs> um, um, we we treat everyone with fairness. This is on the on the company side. Okay. On doing a business transaction and being one of our tenants is we do allow opportunities that other companies do not. Mm-hmm. We do like um, um, people that are coming from their basement. They want to start their new their new business. They're just very scared of these long term lease. Since I negotiate the lease, I am able to do what other landlords can't okay. um, uh, to help the small businesses and minority businesses. So we've been we've been very successful with that. Wow. With giving opportunities to others that others don't. Wow. That's what's up. Now, what what is the, your leases look like? Because I'm, I'm actually looking at opening up a, a production studio, but they don't want to do no less than three years. I'm a little scared to be in one spot mm. for three years don't right now. do it. Because I just don't know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So, so what does some of the, the leases look like? Because I'm in the business for some uh, commercial real estate. I'll do something so. special for you. <laughs> All right. Just, I'll get I, something I special. want you to be, yes. <laughs> All right. I write the lease. There you I'm go. A, I'm able to uh, do promotions, do specials, shorter term lease. Um, and I've done it in the past. Wow. Um, to, when there are business ventures that are starting or spinoff companies um, say, Hilda, you know, I'm doing very good here, but I got a better idea. I just don't want to commit to something long. I have vacancies. Right. It's okay. not it's not affecting me at all. Let's try it for six months. And if it doesn't work, then everyone See, parts ways. Like, yeah, that's just three years. Like, I don't Man. know if I mm-hmm. want to be in the that's same why I like for three years. With people. But just an inside note, most brokers like three or more years because oh, yeah. they get 4% and the first month of uh, rent. So the longer the lease... The bigger I knew the it. paycheck. Oh, yeah. I knew it. Oh, yeah. They're trying to hit me with 5% a year. I was like, hold on. We're going to have to oh, negotiate God. that mm-hmm. a little bit. <laughs> so uh, if anybody wants to get in contact with uh, We Partner, if they want to get service for, services from you guys or or rent, uh, how do they get in contact with you? Um, uh, through my email or calling the office. Our office number is 678 678- Eight seven eight three eight eight five, and my email. I am the CEO of We Partner Group, okay. and I'm the president and qualifying broker for We Partner Realty, which is our spinoff now, where we're recruiting um, real estate agents from all walks of life, new agents, experienced agents. I'm looking more for a diverse group of agents okay. because I am the president of the company, and what I've seen from other brokerages is not. I want to put a twist to it, so that's where I started. Um, we Partner Realty. So my email is Hilda, H-I-L-D-A, at WePartnerUSA.com. And what's the website? It is www.WePartnerUSA.com. And I love that what you just said, that you're looking for that diversity. Why is that diversity so important? Well, I'm not going to mention one of the 
bigger brokerage firms. And in doing my research on opening, um, we partner realty. (laughs) Um, I'm not giving them um, promotion, okay? So in doing research, I looked at them. They have um, 3,700 agents under their their brokerage. And when I researched their leadership, 53% of the agents that they have are minorities, either Hispanics, Asians or African American. Okay. And in their leadership, they only have one person of color, and it's the office manager. Oh my God, mm. that's ridiculous. And when I saw that, I said, why are everyone, 53% of their agents mm-hmm. that are making them all this money, and they have not one person in leadership within their company? Yeah. But you know, sadly, you're seeing more and more of that. It's like everybody want to talk about we so diverse, we so diverse. Look and then the if, when you look all the way down at the bottom of the folks, oh, there go your diversity. When you mm-hmm. get up to the top, <laughs> where the diversity with you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So once again, we partner group. Uh, how can folks get in contact with you? 678-878-3885. And my email is Hilda, H-I-L-D-A, at WePartnerUSA.com. Thank you so much. Switching Thank you for the conversation. Oh, not a problem. Switching the conversation to education. What's up? How you doing, Mr. Whittle? I'm amazing. How y'all people, doing? Can we, y'all see me? Can the people see me? I'm just playing. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> We've been promoting you for a while, so I'm glad you're here. I'm sorry about condolences oh, yeah. to you. Oh, yeah. I know you, you lost a family member. I'm sorry. Yeah, I appreciate that. So tell us about educators now. Educators now, we staff quality educators, child care school, uh, facilities, after school programs, grade schools. Okay. Uh, yeah, that's what we do, man. Substitute teaching is majority of it, but we also do permanent placement positions as well. Probably do about 8,000 subs a year. Wow. Over 100 permanent placement teachers a year. So, mm-hmm. I mean, it's amazing. I mean, it's a 700, it's 700 uh, teacher shortage at the beginning of every school year. So for us to make a dent, and put at least a hundred teachers to work. I mean, we're we're trying to fill the gap. Wow. Yeah, that's awesome. Now during this 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 COVID thing, there's a lot of new opportunities in education right now because I, I I've heard of a lot of like teachers instead of going back into these big schools, they're doing mm-hmm. like micro classes and yeah, stuff like absolutely. that. Are you, or do you work with those type of groups? Yeah. As well? So I actually started another company called Tutors on Demand. Okay. And Tutors on Demand, we deploy teachers into homes. Wow. And we help parents with virtual learning or. Some parents are really progressive and they uh, got with some other parents and they actually purchased a curriculum. So we send them a certified teacher to come in and teach that curriculum to their children. Don't they have to follow the normal K through 12? They don't have to do that? Not not if it's a certified teacher. Wow. I didn't know that. So, uh, well, with this, the whole new teaching era that we're in, the whole online learning and this type of stuff, how do you really see this? It, how's it, how's this doing for most people? Because I know a lot of people are complaining. Like, what parents I at home stressed back. out? I ain't gonna lie, I sent mine back because okay? you were stressed out. Because I did it a couple times. I was like, oh, I man, can't we do, can this. do this. <laughs> I can't do this, man. No, but, seriously, it was it was a show. Are you smarter than a fifth grader for a reason? Oh yeah, but that worked hard, man. You can't do it. You didn't go to school to do this. You went to school for accounting. Man, I got eighth, <laughs> I got an eighth grader. Doing algebra, and I ain't looked at oh, algebra yeah. in about 20-something years. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, baby, I do not remember the points. <laughs> nah, it's tough. It's tough. And But you know what? It's also tough on the kids, too. I can imagine. Like, like if you think about how we deal with change, you know what I'm saying? If we think about how we feel and how frustrated we feel for uh, during COVID, these kids aren't built for that. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. They're not built for this drastic change that they had out of nowhere. 
and they still can't get back to normality. Yeah, some kids stressed out too. Yeah, I, I definitely agree. Do you do you think the online learning is better, or you think no. the the in class, even with the COVID though? Let, let me throw oh, that in the mix oh, okay, though. Even okay, with the COVID, okay. and the only reason why I say that I sit mine back. Right. And the schools have done a pretty good job. My daughter's in middle school. She said in middle school it's a lot worse. I make her wear a mask when she's not like at her desk. Like if you sit right. down at your desk, I get it. You right, know, nobody right. wants to be suffocating all day. But if you move into those hallways, uh, you need to have something covering your face. Uh, but most of the kids are not wearing it. Right. And a lot, you're seeing this in a lot of different school districts. Uh, my child in elementary, uh, they're doing a much better job, but they've already had a couple cases in the school. Mm-hmm. Thank God it ain't coming to my house. Right. But uh, so what do you, do you think is worth the risk to send them back, to give them what they actually need, that in school, that, that social interaction and all this type of stuff? Or do you think we should be keeping them at home? Man, when I say uh, that's one of the toughest decisions parents have to make right now mm-hmm. yeah our decision is they stand at home okay that's our decision our house however we have a teacher that has come into I was the say home. you're educated <laughs> <laughs> we have yeah. a teacher that has come into the home and is doing a very great job my wife is at home um so for us the answer is no okay but for some parents their child is struggling and for and, and to see your child struggling just because they can't understand and they can't learn this way it's heartbreaking and then you have to think like how much am I damaging my child because of fear now maybe you have to do other measures maybe you have Mm -hmm. to say I'm going to send my child back to school but we are going to do everything that we can to actually quarantine and not and be uh, at home but it's worth it because my my child needs this in person I got so it's a tough decision. I, I don't envy anybody for it. And a lot of parents don't have the income to actually pay for a tutor. They don't have pay, it. And, that, that's, and, pay, and that, pay for that was someone be my next. to be there. Bro, we don't have it. I had to give I, us a discount. I, I was going, <laughs> and that, that was my next question. How affordable is that to have that type of that type of one-on-one help and that, and that type of attention for your child? It's a, like, is that it's, affordable? It or? is affordable. We make it cheap. Well, we, what's affordable? First of all, mm-hmm. let's put it in context. Well, we make it cheaper. <laughs> we make it cheaper than what you would pay for child care. Each week at a child care facility. So it's cheaper than sending them to daycare, which is it's typically sending, five, $600 a, a week. So we're much cheaper than that. Okay. <laughs> like, I even have to break it down for some parents to be like, we talking about $10 an hour. Okay. That's worth it for your child not mm-hmm. to get left behind. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I agree with you. We then. can sacrifice some things for $10 an hour mm-hmm. for your child. I agree. I, I definitely mm-hmm. agree. How long does uh, does the the tutor or the teacher actually come in and, and really stay with that child? Is it do they do the four course, hours? So they don't do the six hours like they would normally do if now, they were going to school. If they were teaching them the curriculum, then okay. it's a six hour day, but it's four hours. They they really can't do much more than four hours a day. If you okay. look at a normal school, there's no more than four hours of instruction a day anyway. Okay. The rest of it's filled with lunch and playtime mm-hmm. or exploratory. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and then after school program, and then it's time to go. You know what I'm saying? So. I got you. Now, uh, do you see the kids that have this type of instruction and have this type of help? Do they seem to do better than their counterparts that sitting in the classroom that might not have that one-on-one attention? Man, you know what's crazy? When you're sitting in the classroom, they still learning on a computer. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. they have to teach to the people that's at home. Okay. So they're still learning on a the computer. 
Uh, but they do have the access of the teacher being right there. Okay. You know what I'm saying? But I feel, I think these students are doing better. These scholars are doing better than if it's just somebody's parent at home. And mm-hmm. that's what's tough. Wow. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, last year, towards the end of the year, we saw them kind of give, uh, they they kind of loosened, right? I would say the restrict uh, the the standards for for class. They need to this year. They need to for the next two years. But man. I was gonna say, do you think that is what we're gonna see this year again? No, because there's money involved. Okay, because Betsy DeVos don't know what she's doing. Let's when let's you, be honest. When you start talking about standardized tests, you start talking about money. Okay, so <laughs> they got to get their money back. They are say, all right, cool, we're gonna take this L, but. We need our money again next year. Y'all better start doing these standardized tests. Mm-hmm. They've already done. They started pre-testing already. Wow. So we we still gonna have to deal with that this year. Still gonna have to deal with it. That's um, why y'all going back to school in October. Gotta <laughs> <laughs> get this money. This mm-hmm. all about money. <laughs> I, I I mean honestly, I thought the education system was about educating our kids. I ain't know it. I, yeah, I know it's a lot of money all, tied it's to money it. Tied with it. You, but I like to but, believe but in my country. Not, sometimes it's not, it's not about belief. money. It's not about money. About how we gonna make it. It's about who's gonna get it. Okay. Like the money for education, y'all get this small little pot. Now all y'all gotta fight for that money. That's when you start talking about equity. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now you see a district in, you see a school in Buckhead getting a hundred thousand dollars. Now you see a school on the other side of town getting that same hundred thousand dollars. No, they need four hundred thousand mm-hmm. dollars. Yeah, because they ain't got all them tax dollars. Because they don't that, have that, all them that, tax that dollars that we got that mm-hmm. we got in Buckhead. Mm-hmm. Now, what do you feel about charter schools and and, and school vouchers? Is they're that amazing. something that you agree with? They're amazing if they're good. Now I've heard I've heard <laughs> nightmares about charter schools, and because, that's when they're bad. Because sometimes <laughs> if they don't meet those, if they don't get enough students in, and this type of stuff, they just they, they kill fold, it in the mid year. Kids lose credits, mm-hmm. all this type of stuff. So you got to go something with a sustainable, uh, a sustainable model. Okay. Um, I mean, we're partnered with Kip Metro Atlanta. We're partnered with Centennial uh, Ivy Ivy Academy. Solid models that. Uh, I know will be around for years and years to come. And the neighborhood supports them. And that's that's key. You got to get your neighborhood behind you. I don't care mm-hmm. if you got a child care facility, after school program, or a grade school. Get in your neighborhood. Let that neighborhood know that you serve, that you support them as well. Just wow. don't take, give. Mm-hmm. Wow. Now, your average teacher's. What what are the like the main special subjects in this type of stuff, or is it just we do the curriculum? We we do the curriculum. Okay, so you ain't sending in like I'm gonna send you a geography teacher. She gonna help you with your math. <laughs> <laughs> nah, nah. We like if it's a if it's grade school like six to twelve. If they if they need a science sub, we'll try to send them science sub. If it's a permanent teacher, we definitely send them a, what they need. Uh, K through five elementary. Kind of just got to do everything. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> now, is it is it assistance out there for uh, parents uh, that might not be able to afford to have services yeah, like I this? Think, is I there the, like I think the YMCA doing a scholarship? Um, I to think, you specifically to your no, group? Oh no, no, no! You get vouchers, and you can bring the vouchers to me because I catch me and like. A <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. But any if you receive cap. If okay. if you're if you're a family that receives caps, ask them about tutoring vouchers. 
Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, that's you, great. Yeah. Well, uh, th- throughout, before the school year started at three of our um, um, buildings, our location in Duluth, our location in Marietta, and we had um, another one um, off of Brookhaven. We started a program that was similar to what you're saying, We but we hired um, three substitute teachers that mm. were not employed, and we put them in our buildings to see um, if... The, uh, the business owners were struggling, um, either losing staff or staff were asking for raises to pay um, tutors or right, to pay the right. daycares because that's not that wasn't part of 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 their expenditures. So we did that and we had very minimum participation mm. um, because of the expense mm-hmm. and the company was not making any money. The money was going directly to the subs yeah. um, to pay for them. Okay. And we thought it was an awesome idea and it actually died down. Um, it started very well. And then as parents start seeing that they have the option to start bringing their kids to school, the feedback we got was this is not it's affordable to us. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah some par- I mean, it's some parents can't afford it and some parents don't want to afford mm-hmm. it. And, and, you know, it's we, we've seen that during this time. There's some parents say, I don't care how much it costs. I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> uh, some parents are like, can you get it down to $7 an hour? <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> but no, I mean, we so we uh, it's awesome that you guys have residential as well because we employ a pe- a people a lot. Like we mm-hmm. are always hiring. And be, for us, it's flexible schedule. Okay. There are some people that can't work 40 hours a week. Mm-hmm. There are some people that can only work two days a week. Um, but we we hire them. Um, substitute teaching, you uh, just have to have a high school diploma or GD equivalent j- because we service child care all the way through 12th grade. Okay. So we partner with uh, communities all the time to just let them know, like, look, if you in between careers, if you're an entrepreneur, if you're an artist, if if uh, you you want a you a new family situation, you, you ain't with your, your your husband no more, whatever. Okay, come work with us. We'll help bridge, help you bridge that gap, and it's an admirable job mm-hmm. because you're also with the kids. So okay. that's so that's how we look at it. Do you have locations? Do you yeah, have? Oh, um, yeah, uh-huh. yeah. We're we're partnering with sixty about sixty schools around Metro Atlanta. We're, we're all the way up in Duluth as well. Okay. Yeah, we're far Duluth down to Locust Grove. Mm-hmm. Now, what do you have to do to be qualified as a substitute? Have a great heart. That's it? Pass a background check. <laughs> 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 Got to pass a background check. Now, but we also get them training if okay. they need it. Uh, but a lot of people a lot of people don't know substitute teaching is an option. Okay. We've all kind of managed a classroom we've done a, a Sunday school we've you know been a leader around some other kids some little cousins so we have some leadership capabilities okay. we just don't know substitute mm-hmm. teaching is an option wow I think I could do okay with like fifth grade I had to, I, I did a couple career days and they gave me the second grade I was great with the fourth graders they gave me the second grade I was like how do I explain marketing and branding <laughs> to these kids and they looking at me like yeah okay <laughs> it was cute though. So now you know you can do middle school. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I can do. Let me know your off day. Let me know your next off day. I got you. <laughs> and one thing, patience. Patience. You gotta have it. Mm-hmm. You gotta have patience to deal with some 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 
some hormonal uh, teenagers. Right. I'm sure you and, definitely do. In our orientation, we say at least 10 times, don't touch the kids. <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't touch the Number kids. one. <laughs> don't touch them. <laughs> now, tell me this. We, we also, you, you mentioned earlier equity. And one big thing that we also see, just like in everything else, is, is uh, these big disparities between different races. Mm-hmm. And once again, here we are, we're talking about education, and we also come up last there, especially around the third and fourth grades when yeah. we start talking about reading proficiency. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What is uh, some things that you guys are doing to, to kind of help with that? There's resources. So with the tutoring company, there are we have found out there are hundreds of free resources out there. Um, so we offer all of our educators those free resources for them to help with their community, okay. for them to when they go out and tutor. Uh, we also have partnered with organizations in the community like Delta Community Bank mm-hmm. that will come out to our schools and speak to our uh, speak to our scholars to talk about the disparity between education and financial disparity. So, I mean, just partnering with outside organizations and making sure they know the information is out there. Wow. Once again, man, thank you so much for, for coming in and being a guest today and, and spending this time with us. If somebody uh, wants to get Educators Now services or they want to get, uh, you said We Tutor? Tutors on Demand. Tutors on Demand. We oh, t- it's, we it's t- job. <laughs> <laughs> That's we a partnership. That's a partnership. I just want referral fees. I just want referral fees. That's all. <laughs> but if somebody wants your services, how can they get with you? Uh, you guys can always reach me at Kedar, at Kedar on all social media. But uh, send me an email, Kedar at EducatorsNowLLC.com or Kedar at TutorsOnDemandLLC.com. Well, once again, ladies and, ladies and gentlemen, this has been another episode of the Number One Rated Business Show right here on The Real 1100 AM. Thank you so much, Dr. Priscilla Hubbard, for joining us, Miss Hilda Abbott, and Mr. Kedar Whittle. Thank you all so much. Uh, also, follow me on social media, on Instagram, Facebook, and everywhere else. I am KC Pride. And until next week, we are out! Yes!